0: Tribulation brings about a perseverance, a willingness to hang in there. And that's the great need in our generation, our generation of Christianity. We want it fixed now, don't we? No, tribulation brings about endurance, perseverance. Oh, the great need in the Christian life in every realm is for those who endure. And God wants to work that into your life and into my life. And he'll do so, not just by speaking it in. It's not a positional truth. It's not the peace with God that we have. No exceptions, no degrees, no. This is something that he works in through tribulation and trouble. Why does he allow his children to suffer?
1: Because it produces endurance. Welcome to Downtown Bible Class with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Today we continue in our study of the book of Romans. Pastor Scott brings part four of the message titled, The Permanence of Justification. We invite you to follow along with us now as we get started. We know that
0: God causes all things to work together for
1: good to those who love God.
0: That's Romans eight twenty eight. We can know these things. We can know these things because uh, we stand... In His favor. We stand in His grace. He is for us. Who could be against us? He has said, I'm going to use everything that comes into your life for your good. And so Paul says, we can exult and should exult in the tribulations, knowing, knowing that's the key, that God is going to use them. You see, justification, justification alone doesn't produce perseverance and constancy, and endurance, and proven character. No, God uses circumstances to produce these things. God uses trials. God uses troubles in our lives to produce proven character. Now, let's uh, watch that unfold. You say, how can you know that? I mean, you said the key word is knowing. this because God says it over and over. He repeats it. And, you know, every, everything God says can be depended upon, but when He says something repeatedly, and in this context and that context, and then illustrates it, and then says it again, you can know, you can know that tribulation brings perseverance, and perseverance, proven character. Consider it all joy, my brethren, James wrote, remember, when you encounter various trials, knowing, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. In this, Peter wrote, you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been distressed by various trials, that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, will be found to result in praise and honor and glory and revelation at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And in fact, the whole book of 1 Peter, he compares it to the purification process of gold and as fire is to gold it doesn't hurt the gold at all it purifies it burns away the impurities so troubles and trials are to the christian and his faith people say well so and so hit some tough circumstances and they lost their faith no hmm If so-and-so hit some rough water and lost their faith, they lost not their faith, they lost their facade. Oh, she went away to college and lost her faith. No, she didn't go to college and lose her faith. She went away to college and lost her facade. You see, faith is purified by trial. Just like fire can't hurt gold. It just gets rid of the, the bad things and leaves purity. Same way with uh, the Christian life. Now let's watch the process. We know, knowing that tribulation, trouble, affliction, oppression, suffering, it has the idea of being pressed in upon. You ever feel that way? You know, just things just, and some of you are very much pressed in on. You're afflicted. It can be any number of things, but uh, it's a very picturesque word for a very real human condition. When things press in on us and afflict, there can be uh, suffering from persecution, outright persecution. There can be medical suffering. There can be uh, financial affliction. Paul uses this very term in Second Corinthians 8 when he talks about the deep poverty that the believers were in, and yet they were not allowing that to keep them from giving generously. But they were in real affliction, and he describes it, real tribulation. He uses this very term, deep poverty. And people that are hurting and don't know where the next meal is coming from or people who cannot afford Christians today, that's a real affliction. And most of us don't know much about it when we really think about it. But uh, financial pressure, some of you know, Uh, there can be affliction and tribulation. This term is used, and it's translated distress, the loneliness, the loneliness of widowhood. This is pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God our Savior, that we visit widows and orphans in their distress. It's this term their tribulation. You know, loneliness can be tribulation. Maybe you're lonely. You can know that the distress, isn't that a good term when you think about it? Distress. I was reading, you know, when Senator Hatfield was uh, in that bus crash over here, I think it was on Highway 30, a head-on, and uh, it was newsworthy anyway, but the fact that Senator Hatfield and his wife were on the bus and and they you know they took them to the hospital but three were killed in that head-on collision and they released a statement uh, from hatfield through his spokesman and and he said he was fine he wanted to assure everyone he was fine and he thanked people for their concern but he used the term he said i'm distressed at the loss of life and i thought to myself uh, that that captures it you don't just say i'm sorry to hear about that if you're really distressed. that It has a deeper thought. And loneliness can be just that. Visit orphans and widows in their distress. Maybe you feel alone. Maybe you are alone. Uh, Remember, this is the tribulation that God speaks of. It could be from famine. It could be from war. uh, It can be any number of things. The Christian is not promised exemption from these things. And people that are promising that are bringing disrepute on the gospel constantly. God never liberates through lies. And uh, if you're tempted in your ministry to just stretch the truth a bit and say it nicer because people like to hear it nicer, don't. You don't help God out when you change from truth to error. Now, the New Testament never promises exemption. It always promises that God will use it that God will use it. The following results. Tribulation brings about perseverance. To abide under. He puts two terms together, and this word that is translated perseverance is sometimes translated endurance. But it's the New Testament, the great term to abide, to live. But he adds the prefix under. To not run, but to stay, to live under the circumstances God put you in. Tribulation brings about a perseverance, a willingness to hang in there, and that's the great need in our generation, our generation of Christianity. Oh, all the marriage problems that would be solved if we weren't the now generation. We want it fixed now, don't we? If there's a problem in our marriage, we want it now. Fix it. No Tribulation brings about endurance, perseverance. Oh, the great need in the Christian life in every realm is for those who endure. And God wants to work that into your life and into my life. And He'll do so not just by speaking it in. It's not a positional truth. It's not the peace with God that we have. No exceptions, no degrees, no... This is something that he works in through tribulation and trouble. Why does he allow his children to suffer? Because it produces endurance. Why does he leave you alone? Someone says the lone tree sinks deep roots. I remember October twelfth, 1962. Some of you do too, maybe. The Columbus Day Storm. We... Got out of school early, not because of the storm, but uh, one of the few times I remember getting out of school early. I don't think, it probably happened other times, but uh, we got in the car and we headed north. We were going to go to the Seattle World's Fair. And we got in the 54 olds and started north, you know. And we picked up my grandparents and we got, and the 54 olds, weighed about seven tons. You ever seen one? Fender skirts, you know, everything. It was rolling north on the freeway North of Vancouver, I'd never been to Seattle, and I was excited. And we were going to see the world's feather space needle. But it was a stormy day. That didn't bother me. We were all there as a family, crammed into the Oles, and it was just fun. But Dad started to get a little nervous because he was doing about 75, and so were the branches. <laughs> <laughs> he noticed, you know, that, uh, hmm. So we turned the radio on, and they were telling people get off the roads. This was some storm. And we pulled into a bus depot in Kelso and uh, waited it out and i remember we drove back to grandpa's little acreage just outside of battleground and uh, i was you know it was interesting all these fir trees here and there on his pasture the ones that went down the most were the ones that were in groves They just seemed to topple. And some of the ones that were out there, and I remember as a kid thinking, why didn't that one go down? Because it was right out there facing the full wind. Lone trees sink deep roots, so they say. And uh, that was illustrated to me. Uh, If you're always protected, you know, you take your kids and you protect them from life and you never allow them to suffer the consequences and you make excuses for them, you'll never produce Christian character. You'll have immaturity rather than maturity uh God wants to work into our life. You know, every realm of life, you see it. It works even for the non-Christians. Oh, they've got a lot of talent. They'll say in the NBA, but they've got no playoff experience. They've never been through the real fires, you know. And you just hear the commentators talk ad nauseum about, it, but it turns out to be true so often. Guys that have a lot of skill, etc. Teams loaded with with talent but no real they haven't been through the testing time and there's no Endurance. There's no perseverance. It has nothing to do with physical fitness at that point. It's a mental thing, they'll say. And it's true. That's God built this principle into life, and He built it right into the Christian life. And the non-Christian, He doesn't know what the troubles are going to produce, and He has no clue, and He just grumbles and becomes bitter. But we, we know, as God's children, that tribulation brings perseverance. Perseverance. And perseverance, proven character. Proven character. Document. It's where we get our term documentation. It has the idea of being tested and found true. F- tested and found to be genuine. To be documented. To have proven character. It comes through tribulation, perseverance. And proven character, having passed the test. The ancient coins were uh, minted, you know, imperfectly, and so sometimes you'd had to scrape a little of the edge off to get it, you know. And and in fact, you could scrape a little of the edge off, and you know. And so people would scrape a little of the excess off, and they'd tend to scrape a little too much off. Why not? You know, you think about it. Save a little of the silver or whatever, and so they'd scrape it down. And sometimes, and so then they'd have uh, coins that were tested and found wanting. And uh, the way to r- write the word disqualified was just to put an alpha in front of this. And they call it alpha primitive in Greek, and we do the same in English. To be a document, you know. To be a theist is to believe in God. To be an atheist is to not believe in God. And so you have the New Testament using the term disqualified as tested and found not to be genuine. But the Christian will be found genuine because God works in his life and causes all things to work together for good to those who are called according to his purpose, to those who love him. And so tribulation brings perseverance and perseverance brings that proven character that he describes here uh, to be proven. You see, God produces... Proven character through trouble. He allows some of his choicest servants... Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians 1. And uh, maybe you're going through some things. This term, proven character, uh, James says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. The testing that comes from the same root. Peter says... That the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, the proof of your faith comes from the same root. The testing and the proof that God makes to bring that proven character out. God always uses testing and trouble and affliction for a result, a purpose in our lives. Second Corinthians is just loaded with this term affliction or tribulation or trouble. And I'll just read verse 8. We don't want you to be unaware brethren of our affliction which came to us in Asia that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength so that we despaired even of life. Did you know that? That's the apostle Paul. We don't want you to think that we don't that we have it easy, easy. We don't want you to think that uh, everything just goes okay for an apostle. We were afflicted in Asia. We were burdened excessively beyond our strength. We got to the end of our line. We got to the end of our rope beyond any strength we had. We got to the point where we despaired even of life. That's low. Indeed, verse 9, we had the sentence of death within ourselves in order that we should not trust in ourselves but in God who raises the dead. Why did Paul go through those things? In order that, we should not trust in ourselves but God who raises the dead. You know, I think if Paul, the kind of personality he was, he's cut out of the same cloth you and I are cut out of. If he'd have had just success after success after success, and if he'd have just had a welcoming committee at each city, why, who knows where his trust would have gone. Who knows what would have happened in his life. God knows. And God says, I'm not going to do it that way. I'm going to allow you to be burdened, and I'm going to allow you to be burdened excessively. Maybe you right now are really burdened. You're despairing even of life. Listen, God does this in order that, look at verse 9, that you might not trust in yourself, but in God who raises the dead. Have your trust in Him, and He'll put it there, Christian, by taking other props right out from under you. Look over at chapter 4. Look over at chapter 4, verse 7. Paul says, We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the surpassing greatness of the power may be of God and not from ourselves. You ever tired of your body or you wish it were this way or that way or something? He says, we got this treasure in earthen vessels that the surpassing greatness of the power... Don't try to explain the man of God's power by his looks or his oratory or his height, or his age, or his... nah the power of God, the surpassing power of the greatness may be of God and not from ourselves. We're afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus. Now watch, look at verse 10. I say it again, God doesn't promise us exemption. He promises us purpose in these things. That the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who are living are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake. Why? That the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death works in us, but life in you. And he gives this whole book almost on this subject, but certainly this chapter, and then he summarizes verse 17. Momentary, light affliction. I don't care how deep the affliction is, it is momentary and light, he says, in eternity's weight, you know, in eternity's scales. Momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all. Comparison. I remember hearing Walt Kaiser speak of a, a conference over in the Far East in 1989. Uh, evangelists from all over the world, 180 countries represented with Christian leaders. And he said uh, an 85-year-old Chinese evangelist stood up and addressed us all. And he told his story. And he'd been imprisoned in China for his faith he'd been preaching the gospel and he was imprisoned for ten years for preaching his faith and when he got in prison he began to just continue preaching and they didn't like that because they didn't want the convicts coming to Christ so they sentenced him to those ten years working in the sewage treatment plant such as it was and his job for ten years was to remove the human waste all by himself For ten years. And then they turned him loose. They released him. And he went right back to preaching the gospel. And they put him right back in for 15 more years of removing the human waste. But he told that great congress on evangelism, he said, I had joy. I had joy in the midst of it. And he said, let me explain it. He said, I sang... And then he said, I don't think you'll know the words, but I think you'll get the idea. And he sang in Chinese. And he walks with me, and he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. He speaks, and the sound of his voice is so sweet the birds hush their singing. And the melody that he gave to me within my heart is ringing knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance and perseverance proven character and proven character hope and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts God loves us he is for us He has declared us righteous in the past. He's going to exalt. He's going to glorify us when his son, when Christ comes back. And in the meantime, Paul says, I'm convinced that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that's to be revealed to us. But he doesn't minimize the sufferings. He simply says, God will use them. We know he'll use them. And he builds his children through these times of trouble and trial. And I don't know what you're facing in your life. I don't know what kind of stress is pressing in on you. He does. And he's a sympathetic high priest. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast. And you can know that the troubles in your life, the marital stress, the financial problem, the medical affliction... Whatever it is, you can know that he'll work perseverance and that will lead to proven character. And Kaiser said, when that man spoke, nobody, like other speakers, there was debates about this and that. There was no debate. His documentation was with him. When he spoke, everyone listened because God had built proven character into a choice servant's
1: life. been listening to Downtown Bible Class with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Please stay with us. Pastor Scott will return in just a moment with a preview of our next broadcast. Today's program was titled, The Permanence of Justification, a message from our series in the Book of Romans. If you missed a portion of the message heard on the program today, or you'd like to share it with a friend, head on over to downtownbible.org. A free copy of today's entire message is available there for you to stream or download at your convenience. If you don't have a church home in the area, Pastor Scott would love to invite you to join us in person for our Sunday worship services at Southwest Bible Church. That's each Sunday morning at 8.30 and 11 a.m. at the church located at the corner of Southwest Murray and Weir Road in Beaverton. You can go to our website at swbible.org for more details. We hope to see you there. We're thrilled to announce the publication of a new book written by Pastor Scott Gilchrist. It's called A Brief Exposition of Romans. It's a 266-page chapter-by-chapter commentary on Romans that we're sure will enhance your understanding of this critical book in the New Testament. The book is available online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and most other online booksellers. But during our study of Romans, we'd like to send you a copy as a thank you for a gift of any amount to the ministry of Downtown Bible. You can find us online at downtownbible.org or by mail at P.O. Box 19191. Portland, Oregon, 97280. We'd love to put this valuable resource in your hands. Now, before we end our time today, let's go to Pastor Scott for a preview of our next broadcast.
0: Christ made peace through the blood of His cross, Colossians 1.20. Much more than, having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through Him. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more than... Having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. If God gave His Son while we were enemies, what more will he do for, won't He do for you? He who did not spare His own Son, Romans 8 says, how will He not freely with you give Him anything, everything you need? He will. He gave His Son for you. He'll surely keep you. Oh, the security of it. I say bask in it. Enjoy it. Rejoice in it.
1: Exult in your security. Join us again next time as we continue our series through the book of Romans. Pastor Scott brings part five of the message titled The Permanence of Justification. Until then, may the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you.